What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And what's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is... Bitches Bitches and Murders. And I did it right this time, and none of you can make fun of me. So there. Yo, that one was brutal. It's fine. (laughs) We're gonna forget about it. Uh, (laughs) so we don't have any housekeeping, so we can just jump right in. So are you ready for this? I am. Today? Ready on this. this day of days? On this day of days at 8.28 p.m., I am ready. We're going to talk about MGK. Machine Gun oh Kelly. God, I was like, wait, I know that. I was like, <laughs> wait, my brain didn't want to connect it to that. So I'm thinking like serial killers, and I was like, but like MGK, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I love Machine Gun Kelly. Kells. But we're not going to talk about that Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. It's not the one that got his ass handed to him by Eminem. It's a different Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, I love him, but that really was a mistake. <laughs> this MGK uh, was born George Kelly Barnes on July 18th of 1895. Don't like that last name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me throwing slumble shade, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, he was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, his family was considered very wealthy, and his childhood was completely uneventful. Can't relate. <laughs> uh, he was raised in a traditional household for the time. I have nothing exciting about his childhood. I hate, I really hate that you said MGK to start with, because literally in the back of my head this whole time, I'm like, MGK, bitch. That's exactly MGK, why I bitch. did it. I want that in the back of your head for this entire if thing. If disappoints, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> She's going to be big mad. Big mad. <laughs> so, absolutely nothing exciting in his childhood. I'm so sorry. Boring ass bitch. So, in 1917, he enrolled at the Mississippi State University to study agriculture. really is boring. Fuck. And was considered a poor student, with his highest grade being a C-plus in a physical hygiene class. Which, first of all, can we address why there's a physical hygiene class in college? Can we bring that back? I know, uh, one too many neckbeards. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so we're just gonna throw all of this shade. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, I'm afraid to go to Comic Cons. <laughs> Let's bring that back. We're just go off. Yikes. So yeah, he had but okay, but that's the that's the other part that I want to circle around to. He had a C plus in physical hygiene. That was his highest grade, was a C plus. At least it's not as great as a person. Hygiene. <laughs> I just. So. I'm just generally confused. Like, I'm stuck in that for a second. Like, no, I, you can get stuck in that. I'm okay. still like, because I actually knew like a lot of people like this, like in college and stuff. And I'm like genuinely confused. Like, I totally get like bettering yourself and wanting to get like further education. But like, if you know, like you were a bad student and things were very, very, very hard for you. Then why? What? Like, it looks worse on you having gone to college and failed mm-hmm. than it looks if you just didn't go and went to, like, a trade school. Right. Or, like, started a job. Like, it looks bad. And I feel like a lot of these people, like, they knew going in, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fucking terrible at this. Yeah. I don't know. Are you ready for more? Okay. 
So he was constantly in trouble, and he spent most of his time in college working off the demerits that he had earned. So enter Geneva Ramsey. I just, I'm just thinking of Gordon Ramsay's wife. Because I don't know her name, and now I'm just thinking of her as Gordon Ramsay. But I'm so sorry. So sorry. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, so he and Geneva very quickly fell in love. Oh, so cute. They got married, and he dropped out of college. I'm not even mad. Like, good choice. Good choice, Fair. bro. Uh, when he dropped out, he took up a job as a cab driver in Memphis. Uh... That didn't pay very well. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Strangely enough, being a cab driver in the 1920s is going to get you, like, maybe $2. And also, like, in Memphis? Like, Memphis isn't really, like, a bustling right. city. Uh, so he worked long hours, didn't make a whole lot of money. Uh, the cab company really wasn't paying enough for Kelly to support his family because, oh, by the way, he had a wife and two kids. Right. Yeah, that'd be a lot to support being a cab driver. Right. So he quit. And worked odd jobs to try to make ends meet. It's fine. I'm just knocking stuff over. It's fine. So, a brief summary. He is now 19. He is a college dropout without a job. And, uh, oh, by the way, him and Geneva got separate, or divorced. Wow. That's... I, mean, I guess I'm not that surprised that they broke up by 19 if they got married before 19. I don't think that's uh, that unusual. But, like, two kids before 19 is impressive. Bumping them out. Yeah. Well, he was 19. I don't know how old she was. Right. So she could have been but still. older. So this is when Kelly starts his life of crime. Of course. Uh, that is the he, logical conclusion. Obviously. So he hooked up with a small-time gangster and became a bootlegger. Um, he earned a fair amount of money doing this, so he really enjoyed that he like finally had some financial stability. But he like also really enjoyed the notoriety that came with it. Super side note, and I'll bring this up again later. Okay. I think this actually directly has to do with one of my ancestors. So I'll just put that out there. I'll get back to that later. We're going to circle back. Yeah. Because um, I want to make sure I'm right before I sound stupid. So, obviously, being a bootlegger does not come without its consequences. Uh, he was arrested on several occasions for illegal trafficking. Uh, Kelly decided to move out of Memphis and headed west. West? west? <laughs> <laughs> I've started so much this last year. I'm so really glad that you haven't heard that one. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, this sentence is West with. West. And I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to do that. West with. That's hard. That Isn't is it? Really it's really hard. It's really hard. West with. West with. West. West. <laughs> so he moved West with his new girlfriend. This is also the time that he adopts the alias of George R. Kelly to help preserve the respect of his family name. Because remember, he did come from a fairly wealthy family. Right. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna be a degenerate, but I'm not gonna bring that disrespect on my family. That's pretty respectable. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, here I, for I it. Respect that. Uh, so by 1927, he had earned quite a reputation in the underground as a seasoned gangster. Because he had been, Ooh. you know, in and out of jail, and he was a bootlegger and all of that fun jazz. Yeah, I kind of like him. So, in 1928, he was caught smuggling liquor into an Indian reservation and was sentenced to three years. But he paroled out. But he was sentenced again in New Mexico in, 19, in 1929 for the same thing. But he paroled out. 
Okay, but like, be a good criminal. If you're gonna <laughs> have a life of crime, be like a good criminal. <laughs> Please stop I'm being just garbage. Politely asking. So, this is when he goes to Oklahoma City and hooks up with a small bootleg or small time bootlegger named Steve Anderson. This is also Oklahoma. when he meets Catherine Thorne. She sounds like the heroine in a fucking like novel about this. So, small aside about Catherine Thorne, uh, she was considered very attractive at the time. Uh, at the time. Well, I, for the period, I know, I, I you know what I meant. I, I just thought it was funny. Uh, and when she met Kelly, she was Anderson's mistress. So, like the the small time bootlegger that he started I'm working really for. It, yeah, like, like a badass. She, yeah. Mistress on the side. Um, he swoops in and takes her. Thorne came from a family of outlaws and was arrested multiple times for charges ranging from robbery to prostitution. Okay, minus the prostitution part. Like, what a fucking badass. Like, that'd be so cool. I'm not done with her. Catherine had been divorced once and widowed once. Her second husband was a bootlegger, uh, Charlie Thorne. Which, can we just appreciate that for a second? Charlie Thorne. Charlie Th- I don't like that as much as Catherine Thorne. Fair. Uh, so he was found shot to death. His death was ruled a suicide by the coroner. But many, including the investigators, suspected that his death was a murder and that Catherine was involved. Yeah, that didn't surprise me at all. And this was backed up by the fact that a local gas station attendant claimed that Catherine had come in a few days before his death and was just, like, raging. And, like, you know that, like, woman rage where you just kind of angrily grab everything off the shelf while you mumble under your breath? Yeah, yeah, I do. Apparently, that's what she was doing, and the gas station attendant caught part of it, which was, gonna kill that goddamn fucking Charlie Thorne. I... Don't want to know how many people have heard me say very similar things. Right? Like. Sometimes I send texts to people and I'm just like, okay, so this was being read in a courtroom. Would they? (laughs) Literally just today I was like, they fucked up my nails and now they're too fucking short. I'm going to fucking murder someone. I had to sit in my car. I couldn't complain because I was going to fucking murder someone. (laughs) Right. So, you know. One person divorces her, one person dies. So naturally, Kelly's like, I'm about that, and married her in September of Obviously. 1930. I am also attracted to the thrill of being murdered. So now we're going to get real, like real crimes. Real crimes? And it's entirely her fault. <laughs> I mean, I kind of saw that coming. So up until his marriage to Catherine. Kelly was a pretty small-time criminal, you know, just mild bootlegging. Yeah, um, just mild bootlegging. Her... I do it on the weekends. Right. You know. It's mild bootlegging. Uh, her influence would become fairly obvious and would launch him from small-time to public enemy number one. And this was her literal goal. Like, she wanted him to be public enemy number one. Okay, but, like, what a bad bitch. Like, she wanted like, that she title really for him. Oh, we are not even. (laughs) So, uh, Catherine purchased a machine gun for Kelly and 
pushed her husband to practice with it. She would then take the spent cartridges to bars where people from gangs would hang out and pass them around to acquaintances being like, this is a souvenir from Machine Gun Kelly. She's so fucking cool. <laughs> God damn it. She's so fucking cool. I'm like angry. <laughs> like, why was I born this life, man? She's so fucking cool. I can never be that cool. I, I'm physically incapable of being that cool. You're never going to be bringing a magazine to a bar and being like, this is a souvenir from I, Machine I Gun that, Zach. but it would be the same because I'm not hooked up with bootleggers. My family are not lost. Like, <laughs> they kind of are, but it's too far back for me to really brag about it. Going to later, though, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I'll never be that cool. You're right. never going to be Catherine Thorne cool. <laughs> so... Uh, she also pushed him to and helped plan multiple bank robberies, all with the same series of events. So she would pick a target. Um, Kelly and his boys would go in, wave their guns in the air. Kelly would give a speech about, we're robbing you and just comply and we'll fucking kill you if you don't. Uh, while his accomplices emptied the registers, which can I say I'm so glad the banks moved away from having fucking registers right there. Yeah, that was a dumb fucking idea. Y'all need idea, to, right. always was a dumb fucking idea. So yeah, they'd get in, wave their guns around, Kelly would be dramatic, his buddies would get the money out of the drawers, they'd get out. Bank robberies. Yeah, you know, yeah. just casual bank robberies. Uh, but this was not enough for Catherine, and she convinced him to do a bigger job. So... Let's get Kathy. What does Kathy have for us? So Kathy comes up with the idea... To kidnap Charles Urschel, who was a wealthy oil tycoon. Yeah, I know Urschel. Yeah. Not a lot of chance. I feel like she's more of a Kate. Kate? You're feeling Kate instead I'm of Kathy? I'm like kissing Kate. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling I Kate. see you with your holes reference. Kathy just doesn't sound very intimidating. <laughs> I have an aunt named Kathy. She's not very scary. Fair. She yells cats. Morgan here. Um, I am currently editing, and I realize how insane that that sounded that I said she helps cats um she's not a crazy person uh my aunt Kathy works for Humane Society so she helps cats dogs uh I think they even have like a tortoise there I got to see one time it was pretty fucking cool um but yeah uh she does help cats but she's not crazy uh so yeah back to your regularly regularly scheduled programming thanks so in july of 1933 they kidnapped charles uh kelly and two other men entered the or you said it was urschel okay uh the urschel mansion where they were just casually playing bridge with a couple of their friends (sighs) and kelly and his buddies just bust in and are threatening to blow everyone's head off right like you think So, they were unable to tell who Charles was. was so, were they wearing, like, masks or whatever? No, I don't know. Oh, they know. just were, like... They just... Yeah, so, they grabbed him by some fucking miracle. And they also grabbed his buddy. <laughs> and just problem? took them. 
Uh, while they were driving to their like hiding location, they right. found the guy's ID on him, and they're like, "Oh, you're not Charles. This guy's Charles." So they robbed him of the whole fifty-one dollars that he had, and then just dropped him on the side of the road. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some money. Get the fuck out, dude. <laughs> you need to not. Do they kill him? They just like no. They just dropped him on the side and <laughs> they yeeted him. <laughs> But am I wrong? (laughs) No. So, Charles was taken into hiding on a ranch in Texas, and the Kelly gang demanded $200,000 as ransom. That was a lot back when. was this again? 1930. Oh, that was a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, that's a fair amount of money. Uh, So, the amount was paid to them uh, in increments, and on July 30th, they received the last of it. So, Charles was released after eight days. Oh, wow. They dropped him. So this is where I respect the hell out of Charles. They dropped him in the middle of goddamn nowhere. He walks to a restaurant and calls a cab. (laughs) I love that. Like, he's just so chill. He's like, well, that just happened. I'm like, well, that is fine. I'm out now. Might as well get a fucking cab. So he, he also reports you know, the fact that he got kidnapped. Like, he, he goes to... At the time, it was the CBI, the uh, Central Bureau of, Bureau of Investigations, which eventually yeah. becomes the federal. Um, So he goes to the CBI and is like, y'all, I just got held for ransom. Like, Can we not? Fucking do anything, <laughs> first of all. So even though he was blindfolded, he counted his footsteps whenever he was forced to walk somewhere. And paid attention to the sounds around him. And this actually helped investigators find the ranch that he was held at. Which, I go off, sir. Like, can you imagine, like, having to, like, remember those numbers and also simultaneously be counting? So, Mm -hmm. like, in the back of your head, you're like, okay, I took 17 steps forward, three steps to the left, this. But then Mm -hmm. you also have to, like, be counting. But you have to remember all of the ones that you did before. Yeah, all the ones from before while you're consistently counting the new ones that are happening. Dude, dude, go off, Charles. So, after splitting the money, Catherine and Kelly started state hopping to try to stay ahead of law enforcement. Um, Char- the details that Charles had was able to give the CBI enough to track the gang down. So they found the ranch and arrested one of the guys. Um, they also found that the bills used to pay the ransom had traceable serial numbers, which started a nationwide manhunt for Kelly and Catherine. You always ask for unmarked bills. Non-sequential. I mean, don't hold people for ransom. I mean... But if you do... But if you're asking for money for the government, or anyone... So, they were actually doing pretty okay. They spent like several weeks doing this state hopping thing but they got too comfortable and they went back to memphis yep so on september 26th of 1933 memphis police and cbi agents surrendered the home that they were in and forced entry Hmm. kelly i was just like bonnie and clyde all over again come on yeah except they don't die well not right now so, Kelly was found severely hungover. And, like, they bust into the house, and this hungover man in his pajamas goes, G-Man, don't shoot. 
<laughs> oh my dude. I'll just fucking go. Just give me an Excedrin. Five fucking minutes. I'll just go. Please don't yell. Yeah. Catherine, our bad bitch, she was still asleep. Me. Me as fuck. I would absolutely sleep through that. I would absolutely sleep through that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm the lightest sleeper on the planet. I would never sleep through somebody yeah, busting into my home. Never, never. Never would do that. Whoops. Anyway. Uh, so both were given life sentences. Uh, Kelly was sent to Leavenworth and Catherine to Cincinnati. So, Kelly, when he was first imprisoned, was super arrogant and bragged to the press that he was going to escape, break his wife out, and that they'd be together by Christmas. I'm going to guess that didn't happen. Do you want to know what their response to that was? Send his ass to Alcatraz. He became inmate number AZ117. That is honestly like a level of petty. Like, I aspire to. <laughs> I just, I love that response. Like, oh, you think, you think you're going to get out? Go to Alcatraz. Bust out of there, I dare you. <laughs> oh, God. What a Level of petty. And you know the worst part is he probably was not like that at all before he met Catherine. Like, you ding. know she, like, instilled all ding, of ding. that. Ding, 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 ding. So once he was away from his wife, he actually became a model inmate. Everybody at Alcatraz loved him, and he was eventually transferred back to Leavenworth in 1951. Because they're like, oh yeah, So, you're probably wondering to yourself, what about Catherine? What about our bad bitch? What about What happened to her? So, Catherine was originally held in Cincinnati, but was later transferred to Milan, Michigan. Ooh, close. She was here. (laughs) Uh, In prison, she became a writer and eventually assistant editor of the prison newspaper. And I do have a snippet of her writing for you. You might actually love it. Really? You're either going to love it or hate I like, it. I, I don't know what I want. I don't know which one I want. <laughs> like, I want to so support you, but I don't so want to support you. Okay. So, in December of 1940, reminder, she was arrested in... Was it 1933. 33. Okay, so that's what, seven years? Yeah. Okay. So, she was arrested in 1933. She writes this in 1940. Just want to point out the short time span. You'll see why. So, she wrote, quote, We realize that every feminine fluff beneath our roof carries within her heart a full quota of loneliness, grief, and mental suffering. None of us is like to do, none of us like to do time. It isn't play. It is sapping 365 days filled with golden opportunities slipping away year by year, each day gone forever from the span of life. The drabness, the necessary discipline attached to an institution pulls at the vital organs of living 24 hours each day. The government can never fashion from steel and stone a prison that will mean home to any of its inmates. 
I mean, look, I get what she's saying. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, I get it. I've never been imprisoned, but, like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but. Bitch. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah. You dumb bitch. It's not supposed to be like home. It's supposed to be a, a place where you're miserable and you're punished every single day that you're there. Yeah, that's 365 days. Did you forget how many days in a year? It's every single day. Your life should be shit. That's kind of why prison exists. Like, do you want do you want sympathy? Like, should I feel bad for you? Because, like, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's prison. I'm just saying. This literally is the point. She's yeah. She's describing the definition of prison. Yeah. Are you ready for the last tidbit about her? Okay, maybe I am. Okay. So, she was released in June of 1958. Okay. Sorry, I was just doing math in my head of how long I'm You're good. And she, she got a job at the Oklahoma County Home and Hospital as a bookkeeper. Bookkeeper <laughs> for the Oklahoma County Home and Hospital, where her mom was institutionalized. Oh, oh, great! Oh, <laughs> I can see if now there's what, what, one. Give me one single thing that could happen with that scenario. Nothing. That's a perfect idea. <laughs> that, there's no flaws. Absolutely no flaws. Like, no. Give me a single flaw. There's no problem with that. That's fine. She's not gonna embezzle money from them. She's not gonna embezzle money. She's not gonna. Or try to kill her mom, depending on the relationship. Yeah, whatever. Nothing that could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Uh, So she lived and worked on the premises and was often described as a recluse. Oh, and then let's let her live here. Yeah. By all the money that she manages. Yep. And oh, by the way, she's really reclusive, but that's fine. Oh, wow, she never hangs out with us. She's really secretive. Wow, let's just let her hang out all the money. I'm really mad about it. Uh, she passed away from old age in 1998. Don't that. She didn't deserve that. <laughs> you were all here for I'm her sorry, a second she's ago. A bad bitch, but like, first of all, bad <laughs> bitches always got in a blaze of glory. What the fuck do you mean? Also, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like she got that revoked. She didn't even embezzle. She didn't have any fun afterwards. She got her status revoked. Unless she didn't get caught. Mm, no, nah, I'm still revoking it. <laughs> Denied. Not a bad bitch any longer. Catherine Thorne got her bad, bi- bad bitch card revoked. I know. <laughs> Anyways, now let's talk yeah, about that story. So let's talk concerned. about how you maybe sort of kind of are related to this question mark. It's very, okay, it's very much bothering me, first of all, that I can't remember the names of the scenario, and I know as soon as I get home, it's going to pop into my head. Of course. But anyways, um, a lot of my family is from the South. Yep. Like Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky. I know this. And um, so, like, we had in our past, like, a lot of, 
like moonshiners, like the kind like where you have 12 kids and every kid has a piece of the still. And if the police come, they run and they grab their one piece and then they run to the woods as fast as they can. Because it doesn't matter. Even if they catch six fucking kids, they just have a random piece of metal. That's nothing. You can't charge them with anything. And then as soon as the police are gone, you all run back and you rebuild the still. Yeah, we were those kind of moonshiners. Um, That's genius. Yeah. That's Uh, so genius. (laughs) 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 Uh, That was was really a joke. Like anyone who knows me knows that was a joke, but uh, Uh it was a good one. Anyway. Oh my god. um, But I know for a fact, um, my I think she'd be my great great grandmother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was my great-grandmother's mother, I do yeah, believe. Yeah, so that's your great-great-grandma. Yeah. Um, she used to have, like, a secret basement, essentially, and she would hide. The bootleggers, like, um, not only just family, but a lot of bootleggers would either, like, bring the moonshine up from the south and, like, store it in her basement, and then people would, like, come from all over and pick it up, like, that kind of a thing. Okay. Um, but she routinely would hide criminals from like Chicago and stuff like that like in her basement during prohibition days I know I don't think it was Machine Gun Kelly but like oh man do you have any names of other like Pretty Boy Floyd I know Pretty Boy Floyd was one of them for sure like by name and if he (laughs) is like very there was also like other people in that circle that like also did the same way he hung out with a bunch of like big names gangsters obviously right uh, being a big name gangster so not a lot of i don't think a lot of people in our family actually know that story though because okay. it was like very much told to me like don't tell everybody this but here you go here we are on the podcast telling everybody and any of my family's names is fine um and if you find out who was there like please tell me anyway <laughs> uh, and i'm like looking it up right now yeah, but I know it was, like, a bunch of people. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Because he was, I think he was active in either Chicago or New York, one of the two. Mm, he was active in the 30s. Yeah, I, I knew it was, like, around mm, that time period. It's possible. But I always thought that was so fucking cool. Okay, I think it's funny how every family has, like, their own, like, weird family member who's done something crazy. Uh... I don't think my family has anything that... Ex- I think we have my great-grandpa who was a mortician and had a real sick sense of humor, but, like... I have that. Um, I'm also related, which is fucking hilarious because I'm Scots-Irish and fucking as white as can be. Um, I'm also related to Ezra Pound, who's a super famous poet from the old, olden fucking days, uh, who is black. That's why it's kind of funny. That, but he's related through marriage. Uh I'm also related to someone who is royalty in Germany, but for I can't think of their name for the life of me. And that's, like, going back to, like, the 1300s. I've, like, traced my family tree back to, like, the 1200s. Go off. Because I'm an extra bitch. And Ancestry.com is too much fun for... I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. Fair. Gangsters in that era. But, like... Go off. Yeah, I always thought that was cool as fuck. Like, I just think it's cool that they're moonshiners at all. I only know, I don't, I've never made full moonshine on my own. 
but I've, I've helped to make it. It's I've really never made it, but I've had it, and that'll knock you on your butt. I have made it. Actually, a good friend of mine, um, we don't talk so much anymore, but, like, we used to be really good friends, and his family also, like, they live in Ohio, and they also, like, make their own moonshine. Yeah. And uh, his uncle, I think, taught me how to make Sour Patch Kids moonshine. And that's my only claim to fame. I know how to make Sour Patch Kids moonshine, and it's fucking delicious. And I remember it was the first time I has ever visited his family, and his family hands me, like, a, a big, just a big jar of it. Yeah. So I took a sip, and I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And it got passed to me, like, a couple of times, because it was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, And they were like, oh, do you want to, like, take some with you? And I was like, sure. So I filled one of those, like, pure leaf bottles to take with me to the movies that we were oh going to. Oh, my God. Oh my god, just that, like, five sips of it I took, like, not even any from the bottle. I was, like, stumbling, trying to yeah. walk back to his car. Legit moonshine will, like... Okay. Like, I've made a grave error. So, my mom's gonna yell at me when I admit to this, because when I lived in Florida, I wasn't 21 yet. Sorry, mom! Sorry, Sarah. Uh, but when I lived in Florida, we had a bonfire, and there was, like, a group of us just hanging out. Right. And one of my buddies brought his, like, city-ass yuppie girlfriend. Ew. There was a lot of words I was trying to use there. and I, I was trying to be, like, as nice I as possible, but get across that none of us liked her. Right. Makes sense. So, one of our buddies made moonshine. Apple pie moonshine. That shit's so good. And we, you know, went up to this basic white girl. I was like... This is so good. Like, you're going to love it. She's like, what is it? It's apple pie. She's like, oh, my God. So she. Oh, no. Oh, no. So we talk her into doing shots. She's like, yeah, this goes down so smooth. It tastes so good. I'll totally do shots of it. We had her do four. And she was sitting on the tail. We were. She was sitting on the tailgate of the truck. I see how fast she was. And we're like. Okay, let's go swimming. Because, like, there was a lake right there. Yeah. Someone's going to go in the lake at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was technically a freshwater spring because Florida. But that there was a body of water near us. So we're like, okay, you know, like, let's go swimming. And she's like, okay, jumps off the tailgate and immediately hits the ground. I've never seen somebody's legs buckle like that. Like, she literally made contact with the ground and then just, like, ragdolled. Oh, <laughs> Poor girl. Oh, she had no idea I what hit her. Side. <laughs> poor girl. Okay, I mean, yeah, like, now that I'm older, I realize that, like, 19-year-old me was a jackass, but at the time, it was funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so glad my friend didn't bully me. I remember... <laughs> to see uh it was a double feature uh, it was like a drive-in movie okay um so the first was this movie called the shallows oh no I think um and then the second was the conjuring too oh uh, no <laughs> so i'm just on a lot of moonshine holding this bottle of moonshine <coughs> that i keep drinking because it's so fucking <coughs> anyways um and so this man like had to listen to me which like yeah this was like the first time we really like hung out so the fact that we actually became very good friends after this was like remarkable right because uh i sat there for this whole fucking whatever you know two hour movie the shallows just ripping it to pieces <laughs> like just you know how i get with movies it was like oh yeah times a thousand because that is the most 
factually inaccurate movie. If they would have spent five fucking minutes on Google at any point. Oh my god, anyways. Okay, we need to do a live stream where, like, everybody gets to watch you watch a movie that you hate. Because this is seriously the funniest shit ever, guys. Okay, first, like, I don't know if you know anything about shark, but, like, there's a shark. No, I know. This one's backwards. Did you just ask a vet tech if she knew anything about an animal? Well, you're not a shark tech. Would you just, I just want you to. Well, I wanted to be a marine biologist at one point, so. Swims backwards. Stop. It, like, tries to pull a whale backwards. They it's impossible. It's literally impossible. That's not how any of this like, works. That was like one part of it. I never saw that movie and I'm really glad I didn't. There's a part where a whole whale corpse is just floating on the surface of the water. That's not how that works. Yeah, it's not. It's not how literally anything works. Why do you think whale corpses wash up on the beach? They don't just find them floating in the ocean. Yeah. The, that was literally, like, very minor points of the issues I had. But, like, those are the ones I remember the most. So, we I should need... literally do a live stream of me watching that movie and you because... No. Cry. I don't want tears. to. <laughs> it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, my God. Uh, from that point on, my life went downhill. And I think it is specifically what your life is called. <laughs> I want compensation, yeah. Blake. You have degenerative heart valves because of the shallows. Because of the shallows. You hear that, Blake Lively? Pay my medical bills. <laughs> my body went to a decline after watching that movie. <laughs> I've had it up the times. It was the movie. I know it. We need to be done. I need to go to bed. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, I just feel very bad. No, that's okay. Anyway. That was my moonshine. Oh, yeah, moonshine. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, how did we get on this tangent? Wow, holy tangent. Um, uh, anyways, stay. we have social media or something. You know what it is. Yeah, Facebook. All of Instagram. I forgot everything. Like, I don't know a single one. <gasps> Who that Benadryl, though? Okay, <laughs> oh my Twitter God. is and murder. So yes. Because they're little bitches. Um, <laughs> no, they're not little bitches. That's the problem. Don't get me started on fucking Twitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, every other Everything thing else. is bitches and murders. We just recently added to Stitcher. As yes, well. we did get added to like Stitcher recently. Ago, but here we are. Woo-hoo. First thing you know, follow us on the thing. Yeah. Watch the things, like the things, reply to the things, and share the things. Validate Morgan's existence with an email. Please validate my existence with a fucking electronic mail. I'm about to just email you from my work email. Please! Please validate me. Please email me. I so, want to be one of those people that checks their email. I do. There's nothing in it. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that your significant other does all of the thinking for you. Stay spooky. I got a good one. Oh, no. But not so spooky that you hand out machine gun shells when you haven't fucking killed anybody. You little bitch. <laughs> Don't uh, be that spooky. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that your goal for your significant other is for them to be public enemy number one. Unless you're into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was pretty good at it. Let's, let's be real. Okay. Uh... Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you hire a literal goddamn criminal to be your bookkeeper. Stay spooky, 
but not so spooky that you listen to any of my advice that relates to true crime. <laughs> <laughs> my other advice is solid, I promise. Uh, but, you know. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you call yourself Machine Gun Kelly. Unless you are Kells. No. <gasps> Can we throw more shade? Stay spooky, but not so spooky that your last name is Barnes. Double the shade. I love it. I'm dying. I love it. I think when we post this episode, we need to add Machine Gun Kelly on Twitter. Oh my god, yes. Because he needs to know. Uh, I love you, pals. Please be a a guest on our show. That, like, low-key would be kind of cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he'd be, I feel like he'd be chill about it. I feel like he would also be chill. He was on fucking Catfish, my favorite Dude, show that exists. He goes on uh, yeah, uh, Nick Cannon's new show. Wild and Out. Thank you. It. Yes. Okay, I'm holding you to this because I would literally drive to the library and sign into Twitter <laughs> just for this. I would get a fucking library card for this, okay? I will at him. This is going to be on our show. I will take care of it. Because somebody can't use Twitter. Stay spooky, but how so spooky that you get perma-banned via your IP address on Twitter. It makes me sound like I'm a fucking terrorist or something. I made a joke about I just, killing myself. I other people. love that it wasn't just your account and then you could make a new account. Like, your IP address is flagged. Like, I have literally, like, no joke, guys, like, gotten whole-ass new phones, new emails. And new numbers, and still get banned. I'm assuming via like like insta banned. Yeah, like insta banned. Like I think the longest I've had in a, a new account, I've made like twelve. Uh, has been like three hours. Yeah, it's imp- like it's fucking remarkable because I know so many people who have been banned and then like just make another account and it's fine. It'll literally be like. Like, I knew this one guy, his name was, like, Crazy Geo, it was his tag. Yeah. And his account got banned, and he literally made an account that was Crazy Geo suspended. And he didn't get fucking banned? It literally said his name in the fucking thing. Oh my god. Oh my god, it makes me lose my shit. That's why our Twitter is really dorktastic, because I'm the only one that has access to it, and I'm not cool, so. Oh my god, it makes me so mad. (laughs) Anyways. Keep it spooky, but not so spooky that you like Twitter. Fuck Twitter. (laughs)